For a few minutes this morning, I want you to open your Bible to the book of Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. And let's look in verse 12. Father, as we open your word today, we thank you that, Lord, we're quickened on the inside, the inward man. Lord, we ask you to speak to our hearts. Lord, we purpose not to just be hearers only, but doers of the word. And we thank you for it. Thank you for your precious word. In Jesus' name, amen. Romans 12, let's look in verse 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. And then verse 16 says, the Spirit itself, or as most modern translations will say, Himself. Why do we say that? Because the Holy Spirit is a person. He's a divine personality. He's not an it. Sometimes people say, well, what do you think about it? And you can tell that they don't know Him. So the Holy Spirit himself, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And so we began last week talking about being led by the Spirit of God. One of the most important things you can learn in life is how to be led by the Spirit of God. How to know the voice of God. Got a nice little leaning road right there. (laughs) Amen. And so God wants to speak to us. The Lord wants to speak to us. He wants to guide us in life. You know, God's not, one thing I've learned is he's not holding things back. We just have to be in a place to where we can hear him and where we can understand what he's saying to us. And so we began last week talking about the fact that man is an eternal spirit. And so if we want to understand that God speaks to us, We need to understand what part of man he communicates with. He communicates not with your mind, not with your physical body, but with your spirit. And so if God's going to speak to you, you need to become more spirit conscious. When I say spirit conscious, I mean aware of the fact that you are a spirit. Now, we've said this before. It's very easy to discern between the, the, the body of man. If you don't believe so, just pinch your neighbor once. And uh, <laughs> I think last time I did that, people said, don't do it again, you know. <laughs> but, um, but you know, it's, it's harder to tell between the spirit and the soul. Because the Bible says only the word of God can discern and, and um, cut, so to speak, between the two. It's the thought and the intents of the heart. Joints and marrow. You know, how, how many of that's really close. <laughs> That's, there's not a real fine line there. And so the Word of God is the only thing that can do that. But we want to share along this line because, you know, many times people say things like, God spoke to me. Where does he speak then? Does he just speak out here in the, in the, in the you know, the Bible tells us about Jesus. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. The Father God said, you know what? Some people thought it thundered. <laughs> So what was God speaking, some heard as a voice, some heard it as thunder. Well, you know, it's just thundering. Why? Because maybe because of their lack of spiritual perception and being dull of hearing, the Bible says. And so when we discuss this, though, 
and about being led by the Spirit, there always has to be a standard that we can measure the voice of God to. And I thank God for this because there's always something that's going to keep you, there's a plumb line, there's something that's going to keep you straight and narrow in your walk with God. Something that we measure everything by. And so we'll get into this in a minute, but I'll just go and tell you, we're going to, the title of my message is God's Word, the Foundation. God's Word, the Foundation. If I want to know the voice of God, God's Word has to be first place in my life. Every area of my life, God's Word has to be first place. Notice Romans 8, 14. He says, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. That word sons is, of course, he's talking about male sons and female sons. So don't think, well, he's not talking to me. No, he, the sons of God, male and female. But it's actually the maturing ones. That's what it means. Not just a child, but maturing ones. And actually, you cannot grow in faith. You cannot grow in the things of God and become mature without growing in this area of being led by the Spirit. Of Him leading us and guiding us. And I believe that the, 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 the leadings of the Lord can be more distinct to you than they ever have been. You know, sometimes they can be fuzzy, you know, they can be like indistinct. But the more you pray, the more it's going to be clear. It's going to be, oh yeah, I know God's speaking to me about this. I know this is what the Lord's saying. But how do we determine that? Well, we always need to come back to the standard, which is the Word of God. The Bible tells us over in John chapter 10, that my sheep hear my voice. The Bible tells us in 1 John 2, you have an unction from the Holy One and you know all things. You know, what does your mind tell you? Or your mind says, I don't know what to do. You know, you've ever heard somebody, well, I don't know what to do. Pray for me. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. Well, how long have you been saying that? How long have you, you been agreeing and saying, well, you know, I, I, I just don't know what to do. It just seems like things are, are indistinct to me. But I want you to just say this and, and say it by faith because sometimes you, you have to say it by faith. Just like, how many know you have to forgive people sometimes by faith? You don't feel like it. So you say, Lord, I just forgive that person and I do it by faith with no feeling at all. You may feel the opposite. In fact, many times you're walking in love the greatest when you feel like slapping somebody. But you don't. I said you don't. Some people did. Some people actually did. Okay, but you don't, and you forgive, and you give them $20, and you pray, pray for them. See, that's exercising your spirit. You know, you're walking in joy the most when you feel like pulling your hair out. You, and you feel like, just, just give me a cool, cool cloth on my head. Let me just lay here. No, you, you, you have, you're walking in joy the most when you even have all those feelings, and you just get up and you shout anyway. You praise the Lord anyway. You run, you dance. I mean, I've done all those things by faith. I mean, and just because you, you, you have walked with the Lord more than five minutes doesn't mean that you're just going to always have just good feelings. Who, who every day just has like great feelings like all day long and you're never tempted to feel down? Okay, yeah, maybe one or two people, okay. I mean, as a usual thing, you should, as a believer, you should be like, 
bouncing. I mean, you should just, you should have the victory. You have, but that doesn't mean the devil's not going to tempt you. That doesn't mean he's not going to try to try to see what you're made out of. Amen. But so that's why we, we walk by faith and not by sight. Who always feels saved? There's times where you just feel like, I mean, the enemy just, <laughs> he's the accuser of their brethren. And so he'll, he'll bring thoughts, he'll bring feelings. But that doesn't change the fact that I'm, I'm still right with God and that I'm still in fellowship with him. Yep. Amen. Amen. And so no matter how you feel, I want you to say this. Say, I am led by the Spirit. I am I'm, being I'm being led. Say this. Shut up, head. Shut up, head. I'm, being led. I'm being led. Why? Because your, your head's going to always give you trouble if you allow it to. But the Bible tells us in Proverbs 3, 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart in what? Don't lean unto your own understanding. So I need to always be saying that I hear his voice, even if things don't seem clear to me. I just by faith, Lord, I thank you that I hear your voice. A stranger's voice, I will not follow. Amen. So I want you to look over in 2 Corinthians 11. 2 Corinthians chapter 11. And we're talking about being led by the Spirit. We're talking about knowing the voice of God. Something that we can grow in. Ah, that's the wrong chapter. Oh, 2 Corinthians 13. Okay. 2 Corinthians, the last, the last chapter, one of the, it's actually the last verse. Verse 14 tells us this. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Ghost be with you all. So Holy Ghost, holy, that, that word, pneuma, spirit. You know, some people don't like the word ghost and they get a... a freaked out and you know things but holy ghost holy spirit the grace of the lord jesus the love of god and what the communion of the holy spirit be with you you know this is not just a nice little benediction at the end of a service grace of our lord jesus christ father amen you know grace of our lord jesus christ you know it's not just um, something to end a, a service with that's something that should be real to us the communion of the Holy Spirit, a sharing in common, a fellowship. And so, as we said, the Holy Spirit, He is a person, a knowable person. And if you don't know Him, it's just like any, just like any other person. How do you get to know someone? By spending time. You should look at the account that Jesus said about the Holy Spirit. He said, when He, what's that, John 16, 13, right there, He says, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you in all truth. He shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. He will show you things to come. Now, I think he probably could have done it without so many personal pronouns, but it's because of, look at the things we deal with today. Because people, people equate the Holy Spirit not as a person, but they equate him with the, you know, the hopes that sometimes we can see from his presence. With the wind. Well, you know, the Holy Spirit, well, you know, it's like if you go out here today, 
Who's ever seen the wind? I'll help you on that. You haven't. <laughs> You've seen the effects of the wind. But, you know, it's the same thing with, with lightning. Other things that we have emblems of the Spirit of God, He is not those things, but His presence is typified by those things. And so we see fire. What, what do we say when we say the fire of God? Does that mean that God just sends a lightning bolt and it just zaps you and, and knocks you down? Well, that's the fire of God is the presence of God. It's, the, it's Him, the Holy Spirit. And so He's just like a fire. He's just like the wind. But He's knowable. You can't know the wind. I mean, you can't fellowship with, I mean, you can get shocked, but you, know, you can't you know, fellowship with power. But you can have the power of God come on you. And just, just like you get, I mean, I've, I've, I've gotten a hold of an electric fence. I mean, that's about it. But, you know, that's, that's not really powerful. But you, you know it when it happens, don't you? You get a hold of something. And so that's what happens to the power of God. You get a hold of something. It's, it's like a live wire in the Holy Ghost. And so that's, that's who he is. He is a person but he is a knowable person. Amen. Amen. And so what gives us place in the kingdom of God is actually our relationship with him. That's what, that's what puts us in the kingdom of God is our relationship with him. But actually the joy of a relationship is fellowship. Just like a, a, um, it's one thing to say, yeah, I'm married and have no fellowship. If you, don't, if, if you just have a relationship, you know, that's boring. I'm, uh, well, I'm, I'm married. Yeah, I'm married. I've been married for 18 years, and I've, uh, you know, but have no fellowship. See, the joy, well, I'm saved. I'm, I'm, I'm filled with the Holy Ghost, and, you know, and they, they look like they've been, you know, drinking lemon juice. No, no joy, no fellowship. Well, see, that's, that's where joy, and if you look in the book of 1 John, he says this. He says, these things we've written unto you that your joy may be full. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. So I don't just fellowship. And, you know, when I come to church, my whole relationship with God is about fellowship. It's not about, a, um, you know, I kept the law today, man. I, I, I kept all the law. And, I mean, I know some people that have, they had to do 40 things before they could leave the house. I don't know about you, but I don't have time to go through 40 things and make i got to make these 12 confessions, and i got to lay hands on myself this many times and do this. I mean, that wears you out. How many know what I'm talking about? And so, I mean, I used to be like that to a degree, and uh, just so, so analytical and, and so, so pharisaical in a way. But God doesn't want you to be like that. He wants you to enjoy the joy of your salvation. You know, joy is not like... It's just like when you spend time with someone or you call someone on the phone. You know, you don't just say, man. Now, it's just like when I met my wife and, and before we got married, I, I was driving six hours every weekend to go see her. And because um, she lived in Florida, I was in Alabama. And, um, but, you know, even when we would talk on the phone, I didn't, you know, call my friend, a, a friend of mine and say, guess what, man? I was able to talk on the phone two hours with her today. I mean, can you believe it? A whole two hours. No, it wasn't like, you know, like I logged in some great thing. Why? Because joy. Because of fellowship. You know, you don't, 
you know, people say, well, man, I was actually able to pray for 30 minutes today, and I broke through the heavenlies. Well, you know, you can break through, but it, should be, it shouldn't be something where it's a drudgery. Even praying in tongues, some, some people, it wears them out. It refreshes me. Worshiping God doesn't wear me out. It refreshes me. <laughs> Prayer should be like that. It should refresh you if you're doing it right. So the joy of relationship is fellowship. So notice he says here, the communion of the Holy Ghost. So we, we're talking about being led by the Spirit of God. Communion doesn't denote just a rare, spectacular experience. Now get this. Communion denotes ongoing, continual, constant sharing back and forth. So communion doesn't just mean... Man, I, I had an experience with God, and I had this one big experience once or twice in my life. That's not communion. Communion is something you do on a daily basis. And that doesn't mean that you're going to necessarily roll around on the floor. You see a ball of fire. I mean, do you do that with your spouse? Do you do that with, with your friends? Man, I can't believe it. You know, you just get up, and you're just so excited, and you just, you probably like half scare them tomorrow morning <laughs> on a Monday morning. But no, it's just, it's just a sharing of common. It's just a... And you know, I will say this. And I'll tell you where I, I really... Many years ago, uh, our pastor, he came to our church. That's where he had the vision to go to New York City. His ministry actually helped me the, in this area more than anybody. Because I learned just to chill. And enjoy God, but also still be normal too. And not just work myself up, you know, to where I just... You just like in a frenzy, like, i got to press into God. Well, you know, you, you can actually press into God, get close to God, and still play a round of golf. You can do that and still talk to people on the street. You know, it's not like, leave me alone, I'm praying, you know. <laughs> it's just, get back, I'm praying, I'm, I'm getting serious with God, you know. No, it should be just a normal flow. It should be a, a, a communion. Amen. People wonder, how in the world can you be like that? Well... When you get religious, you do that. When you just want to, you know, you're just striving. God wants people not to strive. <laughs> when, you have, when you don't have the anointing, then you just strive. When you do that, you just cut yourself. When you do that, you, 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 you're like the prophets of Baal. And you just start, you know, cutting yourself. And, and then here, Elijah, he, he puts the... The altar gets the altar ready, and the fire of God consumes it. See, and just, that's what you want. You want the presence of God just to consume everything else. So communion is an ongoing experience. I like what I heard Brother Kenneth Hagin say many years ago. Many are seeking after the spectacular and missing the supernatural. They're seeking after the spectacular. Well, you know, everything that's, let me say it like this. Everything that's spectacular is not necessarily God. And everything that's a God is not necessarily spectacular, but it is supernatural. So what we're interested in is having an ongoing fellowship with the Holy Ghost on a daily basis. The Bible says this, that he is with you and he shall be in you. He's with you and shall be in you. Say that, he's with me. And he shall be in me. So he's, he's, he's not just within me. 
He's, he's, he's with me all the time. You know, people say, well, just, and I don't know, maybe you never heard these things, but I, I've heard all kinds of different things, you know, in church and stuff. You know, church is one of the most entertaining places in the world. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but have, have you ever seen like misprints and bulletins and stuff? Like I've seen whole books that showed misprints in church bulletins. I mean, they're hilarious, you know. <laughs> but here's the thing, you know, a lot of people, they'll, they'll pray things like, I mean, I've heard, you know, okay, brother so-and-so pray at the end of the service. Lord, we just pray that you would be with us. You know, that's unbelief. I don't have to pray and ask that the Lord would be with me. Lord, just be with us. Just, we're going to take this trip. Just be with us. Well, if he told you don't go, then you might need to pray that. But, <laughs> but if, if the Lord's with you all the time, it's like people say, Kumbaya, my Lord. It's enough we have to sing Kumbaya, come by here, Lord, when he's already on the inside of us. See what I mean? We have to beg God to show up. God just... Do something, and he's right here on the inside. He's like, I'm right there. I'm communion. I'm, I want to communion, commune with you right now. I want to speak to you. See, you had to become aware that he's on the inside. But see, what happens is we get so taken with everything around us, and we forget that the one who has all the answers to everything is on the inside. Now, he knows everything about everything. Now, you, you've met some people that think they know that, but he actually does. Some people think they know everything, but he actually does. And if you'll just take the time, that's why we have to shut things off sometimes. In the age we live, there's three TVs and the two radios and a cell phone going while you're reading your Bible. Just shut those things off. Be still and know that I'm God. Get quiet on the inside. Amen. You know, it's hard, it's hard for the flesh to do that, though, isn't it? To be quiet. 1 Corinthians 1.9 says this, God is faithful. Now, I think we need to just shout about that for a minute. God is faithful. Thank you, Lord. How many know that God is faithful? He's faithful to me. God is faithful. What does that mean? He'll never let you down. He'll never, you'll never be able to point a finger at God and say, you know, Lord, you let me down. God is faithful. Glad you're so excited about that. God is faithful. By whom you were called, look at this, unto the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. So we are actually called to the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. You know, a lot of, a lot of times people are talking about I have a call of God on my life. And if you're born again, you do. Every person is called of God. But you know, the Bible tells us we're called to be a witness. Thank you for your enthusiasm. Every person is called to be a witness for him and to share their faith. Every person is called to have fellowship with him. And here's the thing. Until you answer that call, nothing else is going to come forth in your life. This is the first call. Amen. If you don't do this, then you'll never fulfill the rest of your call. I heard a minister say this one time. He said that he was praying for this one man. And he was a young man that 
said that he had a call of God on his life. And he said, he said I, I just feel like I have a call on my life. And he just, it seemed like he just fumbled around and didn't do anything with that call. So he was praying about it. And he said that the Lord spoke to him. He said, I told him to do two things. And until he does those two things, nothing else is coming forth. Now get this. I know this is like deep revelation. He said, I told him to get a job and to keep it. And I told him to go to church and be faithful. And until he does those two things, nothing else is going to come. See, we're thinking of some like real deep revelation, right? He said, go get a job and keep it. And then go to church and actually, you know, be faithful and serve in the church. And then the Lord would do more. And so... A lot of times we want something real deep. But you know, the, the, the leading of the Spirit, it, it should be natural. It should be simple. Amen. We, we, we over-spiritualize things sometimes. <laughs> I heard a story about this one traveling minister. He was uh, talking about leading, the leading of the Spirit. Well, he and his wife had a travel trailer. And that's what they did, you know, and, and ministered and, and went and stayed, um, like, right there by the church. And so one time they were um, in this one place. They had just bought a brand-new travel trailer. And they had some, some things going on, and it, it was pouring down rain. They get this thing, and they get this plugged in, and they get there on the site, and they go and ask the guy at the RV site, this particular place was at an RV site, the guy comes out, and, and they're, they're going through, and he's looking at the fuses, and that looks okay. And then the guy, he comes out, and he gets drenched. And then the wife says, says you know, uh, honey, I don't know, but I just keep getting the word uh, light bulbs. He's like, yeah, light bulbs. You know, we, we need this thing to work. Well, come to find out, brand new trailer didn't have a single light bulb in the whole trailer. He's out there getting drenched. But, you know, a lot of times people would think that's just too natural. You know, the Lord will, will check you and he'll tell you, look under there. Go, go look right over there. And I tell you what, there's been times where he do that and you, you're like, oh, thank God he did. Because it, otherwise you'd have been in a, in a, had a wreck, you'd had a something, you know, some tragedy or something like that. So a lot of times we just try to over-spiritualize things. <laughs> Amen. It's some, sometimes it can be seemingly natural. But I want you to look over in 2 Peter. 2 Peter. We'll, we'll breeze through this by the help of the Holy Ghost. But I want you to understand, if you don't get anything else, this is so important when we're talking about how to hear from God. And what I want to share is what the first and most basic way we hear from God is. Who wants to hear from Him? Amen. Well, if, if you know, if you hear from Him, then you know that, and you do what He says, it's going to work out. I mean, with, that's a cinch. It's going to work. But I want you to look at first, I mean, Second Peter 1. And look down in verse 16. 
Peter says this, For we have not followed cunningly devised fables when we made known unto you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. I mean, remember, the Bible says that Peter was there when the transfiguration of, of Jesus, his whole garment changed, his whole countenance changed. Of course, Peter, you know, he was, he said, you know, Lord, it's good we're here. Why don't we just build these three tabernacles here? And the Bible said he didn't know what he was saying. <laughs> Have you ever said something and didn't know what you were saying? And so here he was, he beheld the glory of God. For he received from God the Father honor and majesty, or honor and glory, when there came such a voice to him from the excellent glory. This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And this voice which came from heaven we heard when we were with him in the holy mount. So Peter says that he heard that same voice when the Father spoke. But I want you to look in verse 19. We have also a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto you do well that you take heed, as unto a light that shines in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star arise in your heart. So what does Peter tell us? He says that we have a more sure word of prophecy. Now, you, I want you to get a hold of this because this will absolutely safeguard you in every area of your life. What does he say? He says he heard the Father speak. He heard and saw, he saw Jesus being transfigured. He saw all these things happen, but what did he end up saying? He says, we have, even though these things have happened, we have a more sure word of prophecy. Are you saying more sure than, than Jesus appearing to you? No, I didn't say it. Peter said it. <laughs> Are you saying a more sure word than an audible voice? A more sure word. Why, why do I say that? Because in the day we live in, people are enamored. And, and you know, you should be hungry for the supernatural, but everything has to line up with God's word. Not everything that's spiritual is God. And, and that's where people get, get off. You know, I've, I've talked to people, they've, they've seen demons, and I'm sure they did. And so, you know, no matter what you see, always come back to the book. What does the Bible say? What does God's Word say? And so, this, are the Scriptures a more sure word than hearing a voice from heaven? That's what Peter says. So this is actually the most sure way of hearing from God. Anytime you, you, you say, Lord, I need to hear from you, you can open your Bible and in faith read the Bible and God will speak to you. Amen. Now, don't just, you know, you know, some people have done this, you know, they said, okay, I'm just going to open my Bible and, and they just like, boom, they put their finger. And Judas went out and hanged himself. And they say, oh, I don't know if I like that one. Then they turn over here and, and they, they reach again. It says, and go thou and do likewise. Well, God's not telling you to go hang yourself. But anytime that you, you want to hear from God, I need to hear direction. You open the Bible. You read and you read in faith and you have a respect for the word of God. And God will speak to you. God will show you. He'll, he'll give his wisdom. Why? Because the word of God is the wisdom of God. 
Now, you know, a lot of people agree with that statement. They'll agree with the statement that I'm saying, but when it comes to their experience in life, they don't. Because why? Man, there was a, I heard a testimony of a man. He was, this guy came to him to um, actually give his revelation really what happened. You know, a lot of times people, they don't want to, they don't want to know. They just want to tell you what they know. And so anyway, this guy came and he said, he started giving his experience. And after like five minutes, he said, I gave him this scripture, turn there, turn to this scripture and read it out loud. Turn to this scripture and read out loud. He said, because everything that he said contradicted the scripture. And so, but then the guy, he, he kind of, you know, he got a little huffy about it. It's like, well, I know I was praying and I saw an angel. He said, I don't doubt that you did. He said, but this is not according to the scriptures, so it's not right. Don't just accept any experience. And that's why we said, don't just seek voices. And so, when we read the New Testament, we see that the book of Acts, which is the early church, and we're the, we're the same church, we just are a couple thousand years down the road. But, to say that this happened every day in the life of these believers, would be stretching it. Why? Because the book of Acts is over a period of years, many years. I mean, when you look at like Acts chapter 8, Acts chapter 10, that's 10 years after the day of Pentecost. Much less when you get to 20 years later. Now, not every chapter is a whole year, but it does happen that way. When you get to Acts chapter 19 and 20, that's like 20 years after the day of Pentecost. And so we know that it was over many, many years. Some of these things may have only happened once or twice in a person's life. So to say that happened every day would would not be true. But this should be happening all the time in the church. It should happen in the church. But to say it's going to happen every day in your life. Why? Because then people get under pressure and they think, I need to have this spiritual experience. You could live your whole life down here on the earth and never see an angel, never have a vision. It doesn't mean anything's wrong with you. doesn't mean that you're unspiritual. doesn't mean that you're cold to God. God just didn't see fit for that to happen. Why? Because these things are supernatural. They're not natural. And they're as the Spirit wills. Now, I believe that as you get close to God, you can put yourself in a place where you could hear. And He could do these things. But you can't just conjure them up. Amen. Why? Because you have to be in the Spirit. You either are or you're not. Thank you, Lord. And so, the thing, though, that we can have every day is the witness. Everyone say the witness. And you have the word. Everyone say this with me. The witness and the word. I say it like this. The word and the witness. So we have a more sure word to check things out. Everything that is spiritual is not God. But we have a sure word. That's why the Bible tells us prophecy is to be judged. Do you know that you're actually supposed to judge prophecy? I mean, a lot of Christians are just like little birds. They, they hold their mouth open and they're like, 
just got their mouth open, want a worm, put it right in their mouth. But they're not going to check it out. They're not going to, well, you know. And some, some people are just so hungry to hear a word. Now, I love the word of God, and I love, but, you know, I don't, I'm not just out looking for a word. I'll tell you something that may, maybe it'll bless you, maybe it won't. But uh, <laughs> a, um, many years ago, there was, a, there was a guy, he was in a meeting, and he said he, when he was in Bible school, all these people were getting a word, and he said that um, he just thought in his mind, man, that's, that's awesome, you know, all these people getting a word, and, you know, sound like it was good and stuff. So he's sitting there, and... and um, he thought, man, why don't I get a word? He said, Brother Hagin was ministering that day in, in, in the healing school. And he walked up and he said, you know, a lot of people just always want to know why they don't get a word. <laughs> he just read his mind, read his mail, you know. He said, there's a couple reasons why people will get a word. Or, you know, why God would. would... He said, number one, because people are spiritually dull. Well, you know, I don't want God just to have to do that because I'm not paying attention. He said, number two, there's rough sailing ahead. And God's giving you something to, to um, steady you so when you go through the hard time that you won't falter. You see what I'm saying? So God gives it because people aren't listening to him or because there's something coming ahead that he's just getting you ready for. Come on, because there's some things that you, he just wants you to get ready for. You can't change the situation, but you can pray about it. And you can just get, get your heart ready. Amen. And so, a lot of people look for, they're always looking for a word. But the most important thing I want to know is what does the word say? What does God's word say? What does the book say? Can you say amen? Hallelujah. And so, the less that you know the word, the easier you will be to deceive. But the more that you know the Bible, the less you can be duped. Why? Because you'll always be thinking of scriptures. No, that can't be true because the Bible says this. You know, it's like the one person that was on a talk show one time. And they said, um, you know, um, I forgot what, I don't know what the talk show was, but they were sitting there and they said this. They said, yeah, you know, um, they were all mad because this one preacher had a Lexus. And I think he had two of them. And um, on this talk show, they said, well, yeah, you know, it's just like the Bible says that the preachers are supposed to lay down with the lepers. Now, I've read through the Bible a few times. Have you ever seen a scripture that says that about laying down with the lepers? Well, see, what is that? That's just somebody's confused thoughts that didn't know what the Bible said. They're supposed to lay down with the lepers. I mean, I could give you many different things in many different examples, but... Always come back to the Word. Well, it's just like the Bible says, and, and they have no Scripture for what they're saying. Well, it's just like the Bible says, just like God said. And people have their own Scriptures. Well, you know, cleanliness is next to godliness, and, and this and that, you know, which is not a Scripture. There's all kinds of Scriptures and old wives' fables and all kinds of things. Traditions are actually stronger than the Scriptures in many people's lives. You made the word of God a none effect by your traditions. Amen. So what I want to focus on in my life is the more sure word. The more sure word. This same individual I was just talking about, he said that when, 
when he was real hungry for God. And I'll, I'll finish with this. He said that he, he was seeking God and said, Lord, he felt like he just had this call and just, he said, Lord, what is it? What do you, what do you want? He said, I'd go out in the woods at one, two in the morning and just walk around. God, what is it? He said, me being more natural and more carnal, I wanted to hear something out here. When God is a spirit. See, the Bible says God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. So he's a spirit. He's going to commune with me as a spirit. So he's there and he finally says, after a period of months, he said, Lord, what is it? What do you want? What do you want from me? <laughs> and here's one thing. God will use dissatisfaction in your spirit sometimes as a, it's the leading of the Lord. I know in my own life, I've been dissatisfied with where I am. If I'd have just been satisfied, then why even seek God? Why even get to the place? Who's ever been there? You, you've just been dissatisfied. God, I'm, I, something's not right on the inside. It's like washing your feet with your socks on. Something's not right. You know something's not, not right. And so then you seek God and you ask him what's going on. So finally, he said that the Lord spoke to him. He said, I just, I gave out of gas is what he said. He said, I just, I prayed until I gave out of gas. Sometimes you just have to give out so you can be quiet. And the Lord spoke to him and said this. He said, son, I've said many things in the book. Find out what I said already in the book. And if I want to speak to you, something else, then I will. He said, so for the last 40 years, all I've been doing is trying to find out what he said in the book. And then, then of course, you know, the Lord speaks to him and other things too. But always find out what God's word says. Always put God's word first. And that's what we always want to do in this church. Amen. People say, I want something extra biblical. Stay with the Bible. Stay with the word. You know, people say, well, God's doing this new thing. Well, it's, it's, it's not new enough. This, it's nothing I want to hear. I want to hear what the Bible says. Amen. And so that's where, that's where people get these revelations. Well, you know, God's doing this and God's doing that. And, and uh, all these different doctrines in the, that's happened in the body of Christ. You know, when people talk, you know, nowadays there's a big emphasis on the word inclusion. But you know that that's something that's been in, in the body of Christ that, that surfaces all the time. The, what they call the gospel of inclusion. Now stay with me on this. What do I mean? People say that everyone will be saved. No one will ever be lost. Why? Because God said that he's not willing that any should perish, so none will perish. That's, that, see, that's like a half truth. And I know there was a very, very, I say popular, he, he actually did the Bible school graduation for me, my, my Bible school. Had a thriving congregation in the, in the city of Tulsa, Oklahoma. They had like 9,000 members. And he got off into that and is still in that really big today. The gospel of inclusion. Even to the point where people say the devil himself will be saved. Well, how many know the devil is not, he doesn't have a chance. He has no place in the kingdom of God. And when he gets his, I'm, I'm not going to shed one tear. When he gets his in his judgment. Can you say amen? amen? So always come back to the word. Always bring everything back to the word. There's nothing more special than this word.
Open your Bible and you'll realize God is speaking to me. And so that's why we always say this. The Bible is God speaking to me. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you today for your word. And Lord, we just thank you that your word is a more sure word of prophecy. Father, that whenever we need direction in life, we thank you, Holy Spirit, that you speak to us and that you lead us and you guide us. And we learn to look to you. Lord, I just ask that each person under the sound of my voice would look to you. That they would grow in their communion. We thank you, Lord, for the communion of the Holy Ghost today. That, Lord, that you want us to be so in fellowship with you. And, and Lord, that you want to lead us and guide us in every area of our life. Lord, may we be sensitive to you like we never have. And, Lord, we want to hear your voice. We want to follow the Good Shepherd. We reverence you. We magnify.